This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner, and today I'm at the Museum of Fine Arts downtown Moscow, standing in front of this magnificent replica of a German pulpit from the 12th century. It is just amazing. And if you look in the center, you see Jesus, and surrounding him are the emblems or the signs of the four apostolic gospel writers. What are the signs of a real apostle? We know there really are signs that verify a person is a bona fide apostle because in 2 Corinthians 12, 12, Paul wrote these words, truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. He uses that word signs to tell us if you see these things operating in a person, that is the verification that you're looking at a real apostle. And he lists patience, signs, wonders, and mighty deeds. What does he mean when he says patience? What does Paul mean when he says signs? And what's the difference between a sign and a wonder and a mighty deed? He lists these things very distinctly and differently. They really are each different. So today we're going to be looking at what is patience, what is a sign, what is a wonder, what is a mighty deed, and how these always verify that a person really is a Christ-sent apostle. It's going to be good. But before we get into this, first, I want you to watch this. If we believe the internet and the many posts on social media, we could conclude that apostles and prophets exist in large numbers on the earth today. But how do we know if their claims are true? How do we know if someone really is an apostle or prophet? In Rick Renner's foundational new book, Apostles and Prophets, Rick reveals how these responsibilities in the church must operate and teaches you how to clearly identify correct and false teaching. I wrote this book so we can understand biblically what the Bible says about the role of apostles and prophets and how they are to function in the last day's church. And by knowing what the Bible really says, we can avoid deception. And my prayer is that this book will strengthen your faith and the faith of your family. When you call or go online today and get Apostles and Prophets, you'll learn how this essential teaching has been overlooked in the modern church and why it's important for every believer to understand the Bible's definition of these roles. And now for this limited time, you can get it for just $30. Through its detailed information and illustration, Apostles and Prophets allows you to explore and imagine what it was like in the early church and how early church leaders operated within these ministry gifts and will make this book a treasure for you and your family for years to come. Call now to get Apostles and Prophets for just $30 or go to renner.org. Great as a gift or for your own Bible study. Don't miss this special offer. My friend, I really want you to get a copy of Apostles and Prophets. The subtitle says their roles in the past, the present, and the last day's church. I grew up in a denomination where we didn't believe that apostles and prophets were still valid for today, but my friend, they are. 
Jesus told us clearly in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13, that these gifts would be given for the building up and edification of the church until the end of the church age. Well, we haven't reached the end of the church age yet, and that means we still need the ministry of apostles and prophets. But the reason I wrote this book is because so many today are calling themselves apostles or prophets, and they're not. Maybe they're doing it sincerely. They just don't understand really what it means to be an apostle or a prophet. But these gifts are so important. We need to understand who they are and who they're not and how they function in the church. And I've written this book, which is quite substantial. You know, when you get a Rick Renner book, you never complain that it's too little. It's always substantial. And my friend, in this book, I've really tried to give you everything to help you understand historically, intellectually, spiritually, biblically, who is an apostle and who is not, who is a prophet and who is not. And I believe this book is going to be a blessing to you. So please order yours today. And today I'm going to be teaching from this book. But right now we're also ordering you my series by the same title, which is based on these programs called Apostles and Prophets. It's 15 parts. The full title includes their roles in the past, the present, and the last day's church. And of course, it comes with a study guide. But you can order all these things right now by going online or by giving us a call. And please remember that when you reach out to this ministry, we want to pray for you. You will not get away from us without being prayed for because we want God to move in your life. So let us know how to pray for you. But hey, today we're going to return to the subject of what are the authenticating signs that a person really is a genuine, bona fide apostle. And yesterday we saw the first three signs that a person is an apostle. And these were criteria which were used by the early church and really were enumerated by the Apostle Paul. And criteria number one is if a person is really an apostle, he will be marked with a supernatural vision of Jesus or of Christ in the church. Number two, if a person is a real apostle, he will be marked with the supernatural fruit of planting churches, not just one, but plural. An apostle is one who starts churches. He's an admiral who with his apostolic crew sails into virgin territory to establish the church where it's never been established before. So he'll have the proof of having started churches, plural. Number three, we saw that if a person is really an apostle, he will be marked with supernatural patience. You say patience? Yes, that's what the apostle Paul himself wrote about the signs of an apostle in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, where Paul wrote, Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. We all tend to jump towards signs and wonders and mighty deeds. But Paul was so impressed by divine patience, he listed it first before signs and wonders and mighty deeds. And my friend, I want to tell you to be an apostle, you have to have supernatural endurance. That is the power to stay put and not abandon ship when things get tough. And in fact, by placing patience first in his list, Paul forcibly lets us know that this supernatural patience which we better translated as the word endurance, is one of the chief signs of a person's real apostleship. Only a douse 
of this supernatural divine patience and endurance will give an apostle the supernatural endurance to stay on the front lines. Let me tell you, friends, apostolic ministry is not for those that are cowards at heart. It takes real strength when all of hell seems to be raging against you, and yet you are so divinely empowered, you just stay put. And individuals with a real apostolic call on their life, they live on the front lines where others are not willing to go. And in those environments that are difficult and often very combative, they need divine patience to stay there. And real apostles are marked with this divine patience, which gives them the ability to stay put in environments that are very difficult to handle. And Paul says, this is a chief sign of apostleship. And if somebody runs from trouble, then he's not an apostle. An apostle has the ability to stay put. But what is the next sign of apostleship? And look how many pages I'm just skipping. There's so much just about the supernatural endurance that works in the life of an apostle. Oh, I really want you to have this book. But then I want to tell you one more thing before we move on to the next sign. The early church, just like they would have asked someone, Hmm, have you had a vision of Jesus? Do you have a vision of Christ in the church? Just like they would have asked someone who claimed to be an apostle, have you started churches, plural? They also would have asked that person, do you run when trouble comes or do you have the supernatural ability to stay put? That was one of the criteria to determine whether or not a person was a genuine apostle. But then we come to biblical proof number four. Are you ready? An apostle's ministry is marked with supernatural signs. That's what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 12. He said, truly the signs that an apostle were wrought among you in all patience in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. But notice he uses this word signs. The word signs, which Paul uses in this verse, is really the word for a proof or an authenticating marker. Now, Paul had signs in his ministry, and some people wrongly get the impression that the Apostle Paul's ministry just abounded with signs and wonders all the time, that they were just flowing nonstop. But if you honestly survey the ministry of the Apostle Paul as it's recorded in the book of Acts, he was not visited with nonstop signs, but these signs occurred at very important moments and intervals in his ministry. They didn't occur nonstop, but they occurred at pivotal and crucial moments where miracles were needed to open the door for the gospel even wider. And I want to give you some examples from the Bible. For example, in Acts chapter 14, verses 8 to 10, we find that in Lystra, Paul was preaching when suddenly strength was restored to the limbs of a man lame from birth. That was such a notable sign that, bam, it opened a door for the gospel. We read in Acts chapter 16, verses 16 to 18, that when Paul was preaching in Philippi, there was a little fortune teller girl who was following him around. Paul finally got tired of it, turned around, cast the demon out of her. It was such a notable sign that it resulted in a great, great attention for the gospel in the city of Philippi. Then we read that in Ephesus, and you can read this in Acts chapter 19, verses 11 and 12, that when Paul was preaching, there were many who couldn't get to the meetings because they were bedfast and they were invalids. And for them, 
They took Paul's aprons or his napkins or the garments from his clothes, which were saturated with the anointing, and took them to those that were bedfast at home, and they were healed, and even demons were driven out. And this was such a momentous event, a sign that it really brought a lot of attention to the gospel. Then we read in Acts chapter 20, verses 9 to 12, that when Paul was preaching in Troas, a young man was raised from the dead. It was such a notable sign, it blew open a door for the gospel. Then we read in Acts chapter 28, verses 8 and 9, that when the apostle Paul was stranded on the island of Melita, there many people were sick and so many people were healed that it opened a door for the gospel. All of these signs were miraculous proof that the gospel message was true and they were markers that Paul was a true apostle. And again, these didn't occur all the time, but they did occur at very pivotal moments in his ministry. So as part of the apostolic criteria of the early church, they would have asked the person next, does he have signs to prove that he is an apostle. But then we come to proof number five. And proof number five sounds like it's the same thing, but it's really not. Proof number five, an apostle is marked with supernatural wonders. What's the difference between a sign and a wonder? Well, I'm going to tell you. But in 2 Corinthians 12, 12, Paul adds, truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience and signs and Wonders. Well, the word wonders is a form of the Greek word teras. And the word teras, listen to this, describes an event that leaves one baffled, bewildered, or astonished. It depicts the shock, surprise, or astonishment felt by bystanders who observe events that are contrary to the natural course of nature. And they were always viewed to be miracles. And people believed they could only occur due to divine power. So when an individual has an authentic apostolic call of God on his life, there will be moments in his ministry when baffling wonders take place. And there's all kinds of baffling wonders. They can be financial baffling wonders. They can be scientific baffling wonders. But we see an example of a baffling wonder in Acts chapter 28, verse 3, when Paul was shipwrecked and marooned on the Isle of Miletus or Melita. And the Bible tells us in verse 3 that a viper came out of the heat and fastened on his hand. Well, this viper was venomous, and when it fastened on its hand, it put its fangs into his hand, began pumping loaded Paul with venom, and the barbarians were just certain that he would fall dead. But verse 5 tells us Paul shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. God's power intervened and nullified the effect of that venom. And this wonder had such a huge impact on those who were watching in amazement that they suddenly said, we've got to hear what this man has to say because no harm came to him. This really was a wonder. It was a wonder. That is amazing to me. So as part of their apostolic criteria, the early church would have also asked, does this individual who claims to be an apostle have the evidence of wonders in his ministry? So number one, 
They have to have seen the Lord or have a vision of Christ in the church. Number two, they have to have the fruit of churches, plural, multiple churches. Number three, divine endurance to stay put. Number four, they have to have signs in their ministry. Number five, they have to have wonders in their ministry. But then we come to proof number six. And proof number six is an apostle is marked with supernatural mighty deeds. What's the difference between a wonder and a mighty deed? Paul lists these as though they're different things. He says, surely the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in patience. There's patience. In signs, we've already dealt with signs. And wonders, we've already dealt with wonders. Then he adds, and mighty deeds. So mighty deeds are another mark of apostleship. But it's interesting that when you read it in the Greek text, the word and is the Greek word chi. It could be translated even, even mighty deeds. Mighty deeds is a translation of the Greek word dunamis. Maybe you've heard that word before. The Greek word dunamis often carries the idea of dynamic power, but it really carries the idea of explosive superhuman power that comes with enormous energy and produces phenomenal, extraordinary, and unparalleled results. It is also the very word which was used by the ancient Greeks and Romans to describe a force of nature like a hurricane, a tornado, or an earthquake. So we find that when this dunamis power is in manifestation, it is explosive power, extraordinary power, which comes with unparalleled results. It is like a force of nature spiritually. It's like a hurricane, an earthquake, or a tornado. It has the ability to move hell out of the way and to really shake things up. And the Greek word dunamis here tells us emphatically that Paul was referring to instances when the laws of nature were overruled or suspended by the supernatural power of God. And in some way, God's power intervened, overruled the laws of nature and did something that could not naturally occur in the natural realm. These are mighty deeds. And we see an example of this in Acts chapter 16, verse 24, when the Bible tells us Paul and Silas were thrown into prison in the city of Philippi. The Bible tells us in Acts 16, verse 24, that they were in the inner prison and their feet were fast in the stocks. But in Acts 16, verse 26, it also tells us they begin to pray and sing songs in the middle of night. And here's what the Bible says. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's hands were loosed. This really was a regional earthquake. It only shook one building in the entire city. And it was such a unique earthquake that it opened all the doors, caused the chains to fall off of the prisoners, yet not one brick fell, nor is there a record of any damage being done to the building. It appears to have been such a specific regional earthquake. It only shook one building and the only thing it did was just open the door for Paul and Silas to go free. That is amazing. This was a true mighty deed. And when people heard the news of this event, the news left them in a state of wonder. They were speechless, shocked, astonished, bewildered, baffled, and awestruck. This indeed was a mighty deed, a miraculous event that occurred in the life of the Apostle Paul.
My friends, this is very important. But there's something else about this word dunamis. The word dunamis was also used to describe the full might of the advancing Roman army. And my friends, this is very important. Paul could have also used this word dunamis here translated mighty deed to refer to the forceful advancements of the gospel in dark and hostile locations where it would have naturally been impossible to do God's work. Wow. But this divine power operates in those that are apostolic and they're able to drive back the powers of hell they're able to bulldoze all that demonic rubbish out of the way and to establish the church where it's never been established before. And I'm telling you, my friends, when you work on the front lines and you are where no one has ever been before and you're able to push back the forces of darkness, it is indeed a mighty deed. And I'm speaking from personal experience. So a part, as part of their apostolic criteria, it is a fact that the early church would have asked, does this individual who claims to be an apostle, has he experienced, does he evidence mighty deeds at intervals or moments in his ministry? If the answer is no, then he was not an apostle. If the answer is yes, and all the other answers are yes, then the criteria means this person is likely an apostle. But again, in the first century, there were such a large number of people showing up claiming to be apostles, especially in the city of Ephesus, that the early church took it to their heart that they needed to develop a criteria so they could determine who was and who was not. And they really tested individuals using this criteria, these six points. Number one, has this person had a vision of Jesus or Christ in the church? Number two, does this person have the supernatural fruit of having started churches, plural? Number three, does this person have the divine ability to stay put? Does he have patience or divine endurance? Number four, is this person marked with supernatural signs? Number five, is this person marked with supernatural wonders? Number six, is this person's ministry marked with mighty deeds? This testing was not intended to promote suspicion. Please hear that. They were not just suspicious, but to discourage those that were fake from finding inroads into the church and to promote discernment in the early church. The apostolic call was very important for the upbuilding of the church, and they believed they had a responsibility to protect those who were real apostles from those who were false apostles. We've covered a lot of material, and we're just getting started. We'll be back tomorrow. But I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. These days, a lot of people are being called apostles or prophets. But are real apostles and prophets still alive, well, and operating in the body of Christ today? In this much-needed, powerful series, Apostles and Prophets, Rick Renner covers what an apostle is and what an apostle is not. What are the signs of a true apostle? Why would anyone claim to be an apostle if he wasn't an apostle? What does the word prophet really mean? What do we know about how real prophets do and do not operate? What about False Prophets. This 15-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $24. And right now, we urge you to get Rick's new book, Apostles and Prophets, their roles in the past, the present, and the last days, with over 700 pages of information to help fortify a solid foundation underneath your life for the special introductory price of $30. Joseph Z, founder of Z Ministries and best-selling author, says, armed with his Bible, historical examples, and decades of tenured experience, Rick has 
has produced a scholarly masterpiece that will right-size the mania, purge the dysfunction, confront willful ignorance, and cause celebration among the lovers of the Word of God. And Flashpoint host Gene Bailey says, this is not a stuffy manual on how to be an apostle or prophet. You will want to keep this book nearby the next time a question arises on the subject of apostles and prophets. Don't miss this exciting offer, the 15-part series, Apostles and Prophets, and the insightful and penetrating book, Apostles and Prophets. Call the number on your screen or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner, and today I am standing in the foyer of Rick Renner Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I just wish I could pick you up and bring you here to see all the wonderful ministry that is happening in this facility where we receive thousands and thousands of phone calls from people just like you who reach out to us for prayer and for teaching they can trust. Proverbs 10:21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many, and we know that's our job. Our job is to feed many. And I wanna say thank you to you for everything you've helped us do with your giving. You helped us construct our studio, purchase this building, and now in phase three of our ministry expansion program, we're wanting to pave this facility off so we can liberate all that money to take the teaching of the Bible around the world on additional channels and venues. And by being a part of our giving team, you can really help us make this happen. If you're not already a part of our giving team, please pray about joining us. And together we can join hands and through teaching of the Bible and by ministering to people that reach out to us and by sending teaching products around the world, we can really change people's lives. And it's amazing to me that today it's never been easier to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. We have covered a lot of material today. And you may say, Rick, why do we really need to know about the ministries of apostles and prophets? Because they're very important, not just in the early church, they're still in the church today. And we need to know who is and who isn't an apostle and a prophet. And that's why I want you to order my series, which is 15 parts called Apostles and Prophets, Their Roles in the Past, Present, and Last Days Church, and it comes with a study guide. This will be a great gift for a pastor or for a Bible study or a Sunday school class or just anybody who's really hungry for the Word of God. We need to know what the Bible says on this subject. And we're offering you right now my new book. Oh, I want you to have this book, which is called Apostles and Prophets. My friends, it is really a substantial book. The back of the book says, what and who are apostles and prophets? What is their critical role in the end times church? Well, we're living in the end times, so we need to know what is their role in the end time church. And that's what you're going to learn in this wonderful book. But you can order all these things by going online right now or by giving us a call right now. And when you reach out to us, let us know how to pray for you. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, whether or not we're apostles and prophets, we want your power to show up in our life. And Father, we need your divine power to intervene in various things that are going on. And Lord, we ask your power to intervene. That is the right of every believer to expect your power to show up. And Lord, we're praying for your power to show up in all of our various situations in Jesus' name.
Amen. I'll be back tomorrow, but please remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Hey friends, we're coming to an area near you and we want to invite you to come to one of our meetings. Sunday, February 5th, we're going to Church for All Nations in Colorado Springs and we will be with pastors Mark and Linda Coward. Then on Sunday, February 12th, we're going to be at Legacy Church with Pastor Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado. Then on Thursday, February 16th, Denise is having a women's meeting at the Stony Creek Hotel in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. On Saturday and Sunday, February 18th and 19th, we're going to be at the Living Word Christian Center with Pastor Mac Hammond in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. And on Sunday, February 26th, we're going to be at Faith Family Church with Pastors Michael and Vicki Bang in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. But please go to our website to affirm all these times and all these dates, and we look forward to seeing you there. This program was made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries.